Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that at masters.vc. This show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We are going to rip that opaque lid off conventional venture capital and show you how it works. And there you have it, folks. Hi, Jillian. What should we talk about this week? Oh, hi, Anne. Uh, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about VCs and how they operate lately. So let's take a look today about how conventional VCs think. And that's quite a different deal. I recently met, read a few articles about how entrepreneurs attract the attention of VCs in their efforts to raise growth capital for their companies. So let's take a look at what affects the decision-making process of venture capitalists in granting those first and second meetings and, of course, in ultimately reaching a positive decision on whether to make an investment. And also, let's look at what is commonly said by the VCs versus what actually goes on in VC funding and what gets funded. In other words, let's rip the lid off and take a look inside. So works for me. I figured. All right. So I recently showed you this article um, with an interview with a Cypriot investor, uh, Burak Bajal. Uh, he's posted uh, the thing, I guess it was posted in Entrepreneur Magazine way back in 2017, and it was titled Six Important Factors Venture Capitalists Consider Before Investing. Now, I think it's illuminating, you know, if not entirely forthright and forthcoming, you know, it's appropriate, I think, for you and I to call out what we see as the underlying truth of what goes on inside the VC offices. But this is a good list of, if you will, how VCs think and, and speak about what they invest in. Okay, that's different than what really happens. All righty then, uh, let's rip this lid off. I am all in. At the very least, the concepts could use a little updating for 2021 and beyond, okay? The Entrepreneur right. Magazine list of what affects VCs' decisions on whether to grant a meeting and even more importantly, whether to fund a founding team, according to um, uh, investor Bashal reads, the character of the business partners, the capacity of the business partners, innovative ideas, communal benefit, long-term sustainability, and financial outlook. Quite a list. Uh, oh, yeah. Pretty comprehensive. I'll take a crack at the first one. The character of the business partners. And here's the quote from investor Basel. Basel. The people behind an idea or company, and more importantly, their character is extremely important, this article states. Since VCs have to work an average of 12 to 16 years to reach a successful exit, it would make sense that the character of the founders with whom they will be working will be quite important. But wait, Jillian, <laughs> I just have to call BS on this one. I mean, please explain to me about Tesla, 
Facebook, or a host of other heavily funded companies with founders of clearly questionable moral fiber. Well, I would have to agree. Some VCs actually go further uh, to really equate poor personal behavior with being an outlier in business. Now, the truth is not that the character or the moral fiber of the founders have been funded in the past. It is the similarity of personality that's been funded. Yeah, it's all about pattern matching. Um, We've heard this before. And I would extend your idea and say it's about personhood, not personality. The Mm -hmm. subconscious questions, if not the conscious questions, would be, are they the same gender? Did they go to the same school? Do they have similar backgrounds, experiences, and tastes that the VC has? It's not what we want to be true, but it has historically been true. That said, recent reports show such teams underperform teams with diverse attributes, viewpoints, and contacts. We're working hard at the Master's Fund, as are our colleagues, to ensure that change gonna come. (laughs) Good point. So I'll take on number two on this list the capacity of the business partners, i.e. the team. So here the article would equate business success with successful teams and quotes Mr. Bajal um, of Bajal Holdings, who says, experience and past track records play a major role in providing a little more confidence. Building the right founding team greatly increases the odds of securing VC money. Get that, the right founding team. Mm. So in truth, the chances of successful entrepreneurs succeeding at a second successful startup effort is about 30%. Now, since conventional VC funding is predicated on killing off 80% of startups in an average hypothetical portfolio of about 20 companies, having one company continue to operate and not exit, and then one company achieving a success... Well, a team that has already built a company is going to have a 30% chance of survival. Well, I guess that beats the 20% chance of survival on the fresh teams. But I'm still calling BS on this one. 70% of prior founders are going to fail in their next venture. Having been there before is not a ticket to success in any way. And further, we uh, covered uh, recently David Fialco of uh, uh, a big, big VC, billion, billion dollar fund, uh, who said that the real innovation comes from uh, diverse founders who've never, first time founders, the young ones, and you really have to be willing to back that. Anyway, once again, I'm also calling BS. Yeah. Let's look at the concept of the right founding team. Does the right team, and I'm putting the emphasis on their purpose, (laughs) have to fit a VC's pattern match comfort zone? We know from emerging research that diverse teams outperform ones built around homophily, my favorite word of 2021. Instead, if most VCs continue to indulge in the 20th century thinking that only people who are like them can deliver the goods, well, it helps to know that. Yes. 
Yes. So I think what uh, what we're really saying as we rip this piece of the lid off is um, it is about that personhood. And there is still that very strong predilection to fund whom you are familiar with as much like yourself as possible. So know that and find the right founder based on that, or the funder rather, based on that if you're a founder. Um, and if you're a funder, please be aware of it and see what you can do about it. Now, finally, since female and other diverse founders get so little capital from conventional VCs, these leaders are invested in about 16%, right, of the valuations that are enjoyed by white male colleagues. So, and they receive it so rarely, right? It's easy for VCs to say that a seasoned team is required to achieve success and to continue to invest in the same people again and again. They have no pattern for anything else. The truth of the matter is that almost all entrepreneurs have only one good gig in them. Second and third successes in entrepreneurs are not common at all. Okay. Yeah. Never onward. And number three, the team must have an innovative idea. Remember, we're quoting um, this article for now, Entrepreneur. The opinions are not necessarily those of, of us, of your co-host. <laughs> and here we go. This is exactly what I mean. Uh, the article reads, and I quote, every new startup is the Uber of something and it's played out. And the quote is, with less than 1% of all U.S. companies ever receiving VC money, you need to stand out. And a way to do that is by having some tr something truly innovative and unique. An idea is only going to attract initial interest if it's something that the VC hasn't been pitched several times already. Uh, Basha elaborates, it needs to be new and something no one has ever tried before or succeeded before. <gasps> oh, dear. Here I go again. Dave Roberts of 500 Startups once said, the best way to make it as an entrepreneur, and I was in the room and heard him say this, is to find something successful and make it 5 or 10% better, or even 2% better. Yes, we have seen big innovation. For example, I don't know, the internet or Google, but mm -hmm. something like Stitch Fix, which we already mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. um, took an already successful concept of ordering clothes online and then reduced friction by sending regularly curated batches of clothes to subscribers for a flat fee. And who did the IPO, right? <laughs> so exactly. I just want to crow about that one. Yeah, I think so. On the other side, you know, for conventional venture capital work, the concept actually makes sense. Remember, VC was designed to fund innovation, and that could loosely be described, as I keep saying, you know, the software that would power the next big thing. So it would be about bring me AI and IoT and blockchain and AR, VR, and so on, things that have never been seen before. That is actually a really good match for VC, but that's not what gets funded by VC. And therein lies the difference. So the concept and the reality diverge. And I think that's what we're trying to point out. Right. And with that, we have to take a break now for our sponsors. We'll be right back with more insights into the world of venture capital on VC Confidential. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Before the break, we were talking about points raised in a 2017 Entrepreneur Magazine interview on what's in the mind of VCs when they consider investing. Jillian, you know, perhaps talking about is too generous. It seems to me we were taking many of them down or at least updating them to 2021. Let's continue <laughs> with number four. Yeah, I think you're quite right. Um, you know, we, we beg to differ, right? So on to number four a unique problem and a common benefit. Okay, that's intriguing. Um, we often note again, 80% of startups are gonna fail in five years. Once VC funded, the VCs count on the attrition rate rising to about 90%. One in 10 companies will have a happy exit, right? Mr. Bajan points uh, as quoted here is saying, uh, I like startups that bring value to the community and to humanity in general. Do they solve a large scale problem? Do they provide a benefit that a large percentage of the population will desire to utilize? If the answer to those questions is yes, then they have a much greater chance of attracting interest. Well, I think that's a good thought. And there are VCs who do focus on what I call funding better ways to live and work together. And that's a good thing. Uh, but once again, this does not necessarily explain the many venture capital dollars that flow to the development of what these, you know, copycat companies of what Anne just talked about, Stitch Fix and so on, something that's merely 10% better, right? The companies in a crowded landscape that have many competitors all building against the same thing or solving the same problem. So sadly, I'm calling this one as nonsense too. The truth is that there is space for more than one player in any given field. Back within nine months, and the world has seen 84 COVID-19 vaccines in phase one to three development. Six of them have already been authorized, and four more have already been authorized and approved for full use. So COVID-19 may be a, a novel virus, but it's not the only player in the field, right? There's, there's not only one player in the field, right? There's no novel player. So just because there are others that are pitching VCs with similar solutions to exactly the same problem 
does not mean that a VC won't listen to any particular solution. A healthy marketplace is a sign of a growing sector, even in deep, deep innovation. As I have been saying for years, <laughs> and furthermore, being the first of its kind in a market or vertical requires expensive and time-consuming education of that market to embrace something never before offered, you know, a product or service that no one yes. has any idea they needed. So yes. uh, let's move on to number five, which right. is... VCs like long-term sustainability. It has to be something with longevity, this is a quote again, um, to make it worthwhile from an investor standpoint. A short-term idea might be viable and profitable, but not typically from a VC point of view, Pajal suggested. Venture capital capitalists deploy millions and billions of dollars wanting multiple times that return on the investment. That is why VCs focus heavily on long-term sustainability of an idea. If they don't believe the shelf life is large enough, they simply won't invest. Okay, I find this one really hard to latch onto. You may have to talk me off this ledge, Jillian. Uh, given recent history, and I'm talking about Q4 2020, when mm -hmm. VCs poured billions with a B into Series D deals in companies about to IPO, which resulted in a flurry of new entries into public markets. Now, still, some could call this, you know, sound asset management, and I guess that's justifiable. Yeah, it's justifiable, but you have a point, right? It doesn't mean you're not going to get investment, but it'll be follow-on investment, okay? So on the other hand, if you take the statement to read, make a first investment rather than using a lot of capital to make a follow-on investment just before the thing goes IPO, which is what we saw in 2020, right? Then this is a first statement, I think here, that really does make sense to me. Conventional VCs know that it's going likely to be 12 or more years before they see an exit from any given initial investment. So the idea must stand the test of at least a decade and a half, if not two. No company is going to have a successful IBO in a declining market problem, right? The problem and solution uh, concept there has to last about 15 to 20 years. So I'd say, actually, it's not that I'm talking you off the ledge. It's just the difference between the first investment and the follow-ons. I'm so glad you clarified that for me. It helps a lot. Um, and that leads us to the final point from this particular interview, financial outlook. VCs invest to make money. There is no other reason, period. It's a business. Mr. Bajal is no different from other VCs stating, the last thing I look at is the financial outlook of the business, determining when it will start becoming profitable. The deal needs to make financial sense and not tie up the money too long. The goal is to recoup the initial investment and reinvest another project, end quote. Forgive me, please, but I am having trouble with this one on so many levels, not least because conventional VC investments are tied up, as we noted, for 12 to 16 years before that happy exit, often before any profitability arises. I guess he stated that accurately. What really troubles me is the focus on the IPOs, M&A, and SPACs, instead of focusing on capitalizing early stage profitable companies that build 
prosperity for people and their communities. Not every opportunity is going to produce overnight returns, and the risk versus the reward is always taken into consideration. While every deal is different, profit potential and the profitability of a return on the initial investment is always analyzed heavily. So um, I would agree on a number of your concerns on this one. And I think that what we're seeing here is the reason why so many uh, dollars were focused on mergers and acquisitions, IPOs, and SPACs in 2020. It was a chance to make a very quick turnaround on massive amounts of profit. Right. And with that, one can only hope that the VCs would return to then spending more capital on those very early stage companies. There are things like SPACs, I guess, that get to the you know, marketplace. And we were talking before the show, you and I, about whether this whole thing is going to be a bubble. Right. And then just kind of, you know, two money dollars chasing SPACs and so on. I think after a while, yes, it plays out. I don't know if that's a bubble or whether it's just that, you know, it's going to have a, a short shelf life, if you will, quick bell curve. But I think that it's important that we look at the balance between kind of turning around lots of cash and making those profits and then taking those profits and plowing them into some serious early stage investments again. And will the market offer opportunities for that time frame of the 12 to 16 years now to kind of fall back uh, to a shorter amount of time, right? We used to say three to five years to an exit. That's long gone. Can we pull it down again to at least maybe five to 10? Debatable but at least you get a sense of what that market looks like and why these things are coming together. So anyway, I was going to say, yeah, you know, I should, I should move on with this. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time here. And uh, you found a list from a Bay Area venture firm, NFX, um, of it said 16 non-obvious fundraising lessons on pitching. Let's take a look at that because uh, that's intriguing in its uh, focus, again, on what it is that the VCs actually look for as opposed to what they say they look for. Well, I would love to, but we need to take another break for our sponsors. And we'll get into that right after. You're listening to VC Confidential, and we will be right more ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. That's a good point. What really does get them to pay attention? Uh, perhaps most importantly, it's what VCs, uh, you know, gets a VC to make the decision to invest in any given country, uh, you know, company here. Uh, turning to that 16 non-obvious points from MFX, we found a few clues, actually. Uh, you know, number one, I'll take that one. It says, don't say sentences that don't have numbers in them. Now, there's something I think you and I can get behind, right, Anne? Ideas are great, and we do want to hear what entrepreneurs are building and so on. But as VCs, it's our job to return ROI to investors. So the company leaders that get our attention, and certainly those of our colleagues, are those who demonstrate clearly that they understand how to build a company around the idea. Absolutely. And there will be plenty of time to take a deep dive into the product's beauty and nuance. Uh, top of <laughs> mind for me as a VC is whether this company is a good match for my fund. And I know it's the same with our colleagues, Jillian. The second on this newer list is an interesting piece of advice. Pitching is a full body experience. The author really just means don't bore us, put on a bit of a show. But a little farther down the list, I see the suggestion uh, number eight reads, don't talk about your passion, show it. That's part of the same, so I'll include it here. The num same goes for number 11 on this list, only bring your best presenters. Yeah, well, while don't bore us would be good advice for any founding team, I'd say that matching the personality of the presenters, in other words, the style of speech um, with the VCs that you're presenting to is always a really good idea. So if you're a founder, do this research in advance to optimize your chances. So next up, diagrams. Communicate 10x more. I, you know, this one's intuitive and I think I couldn't agree more and I think you would say the same. Most people are visual learners. It's a kind of a rule of thumb. 85% of the people are visual learners. 15% are audio and the balance of zero, those are the kinesthetics. Real tough folks. They got to touch it to, to get it, you know. But seriously, uh, if you can show a chart, if you can show a graph, it explains a great deal of words very quickly and it is more impactful when you make those words. It's just that easy. Okay, and I have a hot tip. Um, they suggest jump to the screen and point. Well, that's not always possible. You know, the screen may be hanging from uh, the ceiling. You might be in a wheelchair. There might be 50 people, you know, between you and the screen. Who knows? Bring a laser pointer. And you know what? They're available at pet stores for just a few bucks. That's right. Cats love them. So there you go. That's a hot tip. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, next one up, number five says, send your company brief ahead of time. I would completely agree. Again, if you're not ready for this, don't go pitch. Don't set that appointment until you're ready. It just shows good, uh, if you will, business hygiene, right? It enables everybody to read things in advance, but then don't count on the fact that they've read them. Just saying. Yeah. So. And they're 
couple of other things uh, we can riff through before we have to close this out. One is get there 15 minutes early. Well, duh. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Again, it, it's that, you know, somehow that, that you really know what you're doing and that you have some respect for the, the process at hand. Yeah. Right? That's good. Look the part. Again, dressing decently and so on so that, you you know, you're not uh, pretending that you're working among the dust bunnies. I think there is something to that. Um, nobody's saying, you know, put on a tux. Um, bring a pen and notes and I think you'll like that one yeah it's analog <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly uh, okay. don't rely on the technology yeah yes. how about uh, the next one customize your deck to every VC and that's really true um, spend one-third presenting two-thirds asking questions here we come down to another one the goal is learning not closing I'm calling that rubbish the goal mm-hmm. is to close a deal. Seminars and workshops are for learning and pitching a VC is neither. <laughs> so. I would I would agree. Now, if you're going to get a no, you want to know why and what you can improve. Absolutely. That's all fine. Uh, but but this, you know, problem about, oh, go in there to learn. It's nonsense. Go in there to raise your capital. Get on with it. Indeed. Yeah. Um, the, the 16th one really had, we may have to do a whole nother show on this. Um, it really had quite a lot about understanding VC psychology and I'll cover it real briefly because we do have to wrap up. Um, they're in a repetitive business. They're being pulled in 360 directions all the time. They see a lot of details. Um, they are tired. But one point that uh, this uh, particular article made was they get deals from uh, process a large number of companies that come inbound from many relationships that require attention, other partners at their firm, portfolio CEOs, friends and acquaintances, former co-workers, other VC friends that want them to fund the next round. Are you seeing a pattern here, Jillian? Relationships yes. matter. That's no surprise. Yes. Nor is it surprising that they say no to 99% of their deals and they weary of that too. So when a partner seems cynical or distant or cold, they might just be tired, you know, because they really <laughs> do want to say yes, you know. And last, they're just entrepreneurs who want to build their portfolio and make money. And that's, is that really different from any other foot? Absolutely not. And there don't you ever go. forget it. <laughs> You're going in there to raise capital. You will meet the needs of the buyer, if you will. They're going to buy your idea. They're going to fund your company. That means pay for your idea, right? Just remember where you stand. And with that, I think it's got to be a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into that opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of the shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who graciously hosted our previous CEO coach show for more than a decade and host our new VC Confidential show. Now in its 33rd episode, Anne? 35th. This is 35th. 35. Yeah. Look at that. Time flies. We're grateful for their long and continued support of our work. You can listen to all our episodes from both shows right here on WMR.FM and in Apple podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and wherever you like to get your podcasts. I'm Jillian Music with my partner, Ann Kennedy, and we're so glad you joined us here on VC Confidential. Till next week. Till next week.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.